Hello, Happy New Year, and welcome to the first episode of People, Planet, Prosperity of 2023. This is a series of podcasts from Ipsos, which examine how our partners across different sectors are responding to the environmental, social and governance challenges of the 2020s, what they're doing to ensure that their businesses remain sustainable, and how they're helping the world to successfully adapt. Today, my colleague Samira Roods, a senior consultant in our Trends and Foresight practice, will be talking to Francesca Francione from Tetra Pak, the world's leading food processing and packaging solutions company. Thank you, Ainsley, and welcome, Francesca. Hello. Hi. Hi, Samira. Let's start, Francesca, with a short introduction. Tell us about your current role at Tetra Pak. Within Tetra Pak, uh, uh, I work in global marketing and I'm part of the business insights analytics team, whose mission is to enhance effective decision making with the right business insights tool, supporting short and long term goals. Um, identifying market trends and uh, also meaningful value chain insights is actually the key part of our job. And uh, within uh, our value chain, uh, we give special attention to F&B manufacturers, retailers and consumers, among all. And of course, in this context, uh, researches are vital for us to keep our company hyper aware of the external environment. Within the Business Insights team, I'm specifically responsible for sustainability. So basically, my job is to capture the needs of key players within our value chain, gather sustainability insights, and with those, support the key functions within our company. So delving a little bit more into Tetra Pak's sustainability focus, what are the key priorities for the company today? Thanks a lot for this question. First of all, I mean, at Tetra Pak, we are driven by our purpose. That is, we commit to making food safe and available everywhere. And we also promise to protect what's good, meaning protecting food, people, and also the planet. So, um, as you can imagine, uh, Tetra Pak's sustainability approach encompasses our entire value chain, including the environmental, social, and also the economic aspects. So things like moving from school feeding programs to circular economy commitments to our diversity and inclusion initiatives, we constantly strive towards safeguarding the employees and supporting also the, the, the communities where we operate. We aim at helping to protect the future of the planet, but of course, we also aim at protecting the long-term success of our customers. Uh, having said this, then, our, as part of our sustainability approach, we undertake a materiality assessment every two years. Uh, this materiality assessment ensures that we keep up to date with the changing sustainability priorities and that we continue to focus uh, on the areas that deliver the greatest positive impact for the customers, for the business, the society and, of course, the environment. And I, I would say that in addition to these, along with many others uh, companies around the globe, we also use the UN Sustainable Development Goals uh, that help us prioritize our sustainability efforts and also uh, help us building our ongoing commitments to the UN Global Compact and its 10 principles, to which uh, Tetra Pak has been a signatory already since 2004. 
It's really good to hear that sustainability has been so important to Tetra Pak for many years now. What's that journey been like in terms of product changes and innovation and services? And what has it taken for the company to become more sustainable? So let's start from the package, uh, from our package. If you consider the M1 liter uh, Tetra Pak carton package, it is uh, uh, made of approximately 70% paperboard, of course, an average, 25% of polyethylene and 5% of aluminium that together protect uh, protecting the product insides. Uh, this um, share of renewable materials in uh, our carton packages helps them feature a lower carbon footprint than many other packaging systems. Uh, in Tetra Pak, we focus on an innovation pathway that is driven by renewability and recyclability to ensure the decarbonization and circularity of materials and also to address the need for sustainable food packaging. So our ambition is to deliver the world's most sustainable food package, so a big ambition, one that is solely made of responsibly sourced renewable or recycled material, fully recyclable and carbon neutral. Of course, uh, this journey is not new to us. Um, you might have heard about our Tetrarex plant-based package that was launched in 2014 already. And at the time, we were the first one in the industry to introduce a package made fully from plant-based renewable materials, manufactured with paperboard and sugar-based plastics. Um, the Tetrarex plant-based package is, as I said, is fully renewable. And today, we've delivered more than 3.5 billion of these packages to customers around the globe. Of course, the usage of plant-based is not only dedicated to Tetrarex. We are expanding this feature across our, our portfolio and all our customers are increasingly welcoming this shift. Now, if we think about 2021 alone, for example, we sold 17.6 billion plant-based packages and more than 10 billion plant-based cups, enabling the saving of 96 kilotons of CO2 compared to fossil-based plastic. So it's a great achievement. And I'm also very proud to mention a recent test uh, that we did in the past months. We have uh, uh, tested a fiber-based barrier replacing the aluminium layer, keeping perishable food safe in our cartons, aseptic cartons. And the first results suggest that a package with a fiber-based barrier will offer a substantial CO2 reduction when compared to a traditional aseptic carton, together with a similar shelf life and similar food protection properties. And in addition to these, of course, cartons that contain an higher paper content are also more attractive for paper mills. So all in all, we believe that this concept presents clear potential for realizing a low carbon circular economy for packaging. Well, you're obviously very passionate about this, Francesca, but of course, there's always more to do. So how does Tetra Pak continue to challenge itself in the sustainability space? It's a, it's a difficult question because I think for us, uh, uh, sustainability is not just in the agenda. Um, sustainability for Tetra Pak 
is the agenda. So actually, uh, there is always more to do, and we know that uh, um, the future looks pretty complex. All of, all of us know that, for example, by 2050, the global population is expected to cross 9 billion, which will require up to 60% more food. Uh, and this, of course, means that the food packaging will play an even bigger role in making safe food available to more and more people around the world. And uh, at the same time, uh, um, we might, uh, you might have heard that global food systems of which packaging is a small part account for more than one third of global greenhouse gas emissions. And of course, uh, um, this means that the food industry has to, in a way, reinvent how to produce, to process, package and distribute food. Now, in parallel to this, uh, we are also seeing that uh, uh, regulatory developments and trends are pushing towards uh, circularity and decarbonization, while also aiming at reducing litter and waste. And uh, there are many examples around the globe of legislations um, and regulatory developments that are in a way forcing corporate actions. Uh, on top of my mind, I, in just thinking about Europe only, I, I can think of uh, the single usage plastic directives and the packaging and packaging waste regulation, for example. So the UN has called these a decade of action, and those stakeholders in the value chain are actually expected to step up as Tetra Pak to play our part and to contribute to realizing a resilient and sustainable food system, we must walk the talk by managing and maximizing our positive impact on nature and society, continuing to embed sustainability as a key business driver and also a key decision-making criteria, promoting a culture of sustainability in the industry and in our, in, in our business, and especially working with uh, all players in the value chain, so with our manufacturers and suppliers to start with. Our continued progress depends on being able to embrace a mindset which drives both growth and sustainability for a better future. So it's a, a big challenge, as you can see. Absolutely. Um, and you mentioned earlier that you're proud of the fibre-based barrier, but what other actions are you most proud of when thinking about your specific job? Far from being uh, a nice to have, sustainability is for us the reason to be. So I really feel proud, very proud of being part of a team that is the Business Insights team that is constantly looking at best possible approaches to listen to the voice of consumers and customers in order to be able to really capture their requirements, their need, and understand how to best serve them in the sustainability area, among the others. SBI, we are uh, very open to new methodologies. We like challenging ourselves uh, and be always uh, at the forefront of all the latest innovative solutions, uh, but always keeping uh, a scientific and fact-based approach. So in more concrete terms, uh, for example, I'm very proud of uh, all our big uh, B2C and B2B researches through which we are investigating both uh, consumers and manufacturers' needs in the area of sustainability. So if I can give you an example, uh, in 2005, we have started running a consumer environment research 
that we have repeated uh, since then every two years. The last one was conducted in 2021 and it was reaching more than 11,000 consumers across 23 different markets. Of course, uh, being able to have this tracking allows us to really sit on uh, uh, very valuable insights to support our company and our company strategy. It's amazing to hear how outwardly focused you are and how much you look at the, the world around you as well as considering industry factors. So um, with this external outlook, where do you take inspiration from? Are there any examples of good practice that you think we should all be looking to? Well, I hope I'm not saying something obvious if I say that our customers and our partners are our main source of inspiration. So by carefully listening to them, we really try to always go the extra mile. But we never forget the final consumers. They are really able to show us the best way to go and they teach us every day something new. So this is the first thing that comes to my mind. But of course, uh, we are also, uh, SBI, also taking inspiration from agencies like you that introduce the new ways of looking at the industry and the consumers. We like to partner with the, our agencies and work together to also experiment new ways of running researches. Now, if I have to think uh, about best, best practice that I would suggest, of course, there are many that comes to my mind, but uh, one that I would like to mention is uh, the Global Innovation Platform Plug and Play, uh, because they are building um, a unique ecosystem that connects uh, big corporations, uh, startups, uh, gover government agencies, uh, uh, venture capital firms, and we have been part of this ecosystem since years and I think this is a um, this provides a, a unique opportunity for us to connect directly with the startups and cooperate with them also on emerging topics very often also related of course to sustainability so startups are also uh, a huge source of inspiration for us uh, and um, we have been starting working with them more often in the in the past years for example just last year we engaged with a Swedish startup to develop a plan based drink from hemp seeds that is as you probably know a raw material that is very resource efficient and nutrition so together with the startup We've also been testing the functionality of the hemp seeds uh, and uh, tried to create a formulation that maintains a high protein content without affecting the texture, so the mouthfeel. That's really interesting and it very much feels like a two-way conversation is important to you because uh, we know that you also inspire your customers through the publication of an annual trends framework. And you are totally right. In fact, I actually invite uh, all of you to take a look at our tetrapod.com where we also publish uh, uh, key insights, uh, uh, insightful also reports. Um, uh, so please 
of course, take a look at that. And just to give you an example, uh, we are launching uh, Trendipedia 2023 in February, uh, so next month, month, which is a great collaboration between Tetra Pak and Ipsos. Uh, so I'm happy to be here today to talk about this. The objective of Trendipedia is to illustrate uh, through the identified trends uh, from, in this case, a consumer's perspective, what are the opportunities for Tetra Pak and our customers uh, across categories. And this year, we are also including a forward-looking outlook for the trends by imagining a future world for each of the trend. And also, we are mapping the trends over time. So we are trying to see how they are evolving um, with the, a two years interval since 2017. Thinking about that consumer mindset and research, uh, published research, Ipsos is actually publishing a new white paper later this month called Mapping the Journey to Sustainable Pack, in which we highlight the consumer say-do gap. So in the context of packaging, even when consumers state a strong opinion about one material being more sustainable, when presented with an illustration, they may choose a product that's packaged in a different material. And we found that there is actually no universally appealing pack versus claim combination. So in light of this, how do brands that are leading on sustainability, such as Tetra Pak, address this say-do gap? Investigating what consumers say on the, on the one side and how they behave in front of the shelf on, uh, shelf on the other side is very important, of course. And uh, as Tetra Pak, we pay a lot of attention to both aspects. Um, there might also be um, relevant differences across markets, which we need to capture and we are capturing. But beyond building a strong knowledge, the key element uh, to address the say do gap that you are mentioning, in my view, is communication. So a clear, honest and straightforward communication is key to capture the consumer's attention and especially to increase their awareness. Avoiding greenwashing is a must. So the educational piece and the role we can play in there, in my view, it is very important to address this SEDU gap. So we've talked a little bit about the future, but how are you measuring your progress and how are you planning to keep moving forward? We are measuring our progress, of course, in many ways, looking at different aspects. But um, I would like to mention here our uh, most important target, which is to reach net zero greenhouse gas emission across the entire value chain by 2050. And this target has been approved by science-based target initiative. Our decarbonization strategy is uh, centered around four main elements of the value chain, sourcing and transportation of the raw materials, our operations, the equipment used by food and beverage manufacturers in their factories, and also the end-of-life management of our packages. So in terms of how we are planning to move forward, we know that addressing complex issues such as climate change and circularity requires a huge 
transformational innovation. And this is why we collaborate not only with customers and suppliers, as mentioned earlier, but also with the big ecosystem of startups, universities, tech companies, providing us access to cutting edge competencies, technologies, and also manufacturing facilities. To keep the innovation engine running, of course, investment is crucial. In fact, we are investing 100 million euro per year, and we will continue to do so over the next five to 10 years to further enhance the environmental profile of our food cartons. So when looking at the future, and as we work towards a radical new approach to the way we feed the world while minimizing also the impact on the planet, um, collective action, innovation, new operating models, and also unconventional partnerships will for sure become really key. That's fantastic. And that does actually bring us to the end of our time, Francesca. So, I mean, what's been really great to hear is um, exactly how central sustainability is. It's right at the core of everything that Tetra Pak is doing, which is brilliant to hear. Um, and it's going to be great to see how Tetra Pak continues to blaze a trail in sustainable packing going forward. Yes, and uh, you will hear from us for sure. Sustainability mm. is, uh, is written in our DNA, so is the uh, part uh, uh, of our way of being. So thanks a lot for the opportunity that you, that you gave me to be here today and talk to you about this very important topic. An absolute pleasure. Thank you, Francesca. Thanks a lot, Samira. Thank you for listening to People, Planet, Prosperity. Don't forget to subscribe to the Ipsos News channel wherever you get your podcasts and to check out all of the previous episodes in the series. You'll also be notified every time we release a new episode. Next month we'll be revealing some brand new thought leadership which explains how organisations can improve their return on ESG investments by embedding them in the experiences they offer customers. <laughs>